0: Pastor Keith Crosby of Hillside Church.
1: You can't suffer together remotely. You can't encourage one another together remotely. You know, Christianity, to use the disease metaphor, is both taught and caught. Understanding is both learned and developed, you know, show, tell, do. And you can't do Christianity without people coming together to stimulate and love one another to good work. I can see the promised land Though there's pain
0: within the plan There is victory in
1: the end. Your love is my battle cry The answer for all my
0: life Every dragon will fall The mountains will me Every chain of the past, you've
1: broken into all the fear of the lies. We're singing the truth that nothing is impossible with you. Oh,
0: nothing is impossible. Oftentimes, Christians and Christian churches seek to take their cues from the world as they try to be relevant to the culture rather than faithful to God. And they often lose sight of what's truly important. Well, hello and welcome to today's edition of the Grace to Live radio broadcast with Keith Crosby, senior pastor at Hillside Church in San Jose, California. We are so blessed that you've chosen to spend time with us today on the broadcast. And as always, we would encourage you to follow along with us in your Bibles if you can. On today's edition of Grace to Live, we continue with our series covering the pastoral epistles. So if you have your Bibles, please turn with us today to the book of 2 Timothy chapter 2, as we hear part one of a message that Pastor Keith has entitled, Spiritual Self-Discipline. Now here's Pastor Keith with today's study.
1: But he affords us participation in his kingdom work. And we do have a role to play in our sanctification, in our spiritual growth. And that is spiritual self-discipline, which leads to obedience. And he has commanded us to take stock, to find strength and to find hope in the graces that we've already received. And let that be a reminder to us as we face hard times. Paul alludes to this again in verse 2 indirectly, but it builds on what we've read in verse one. Hanging on, hanging in in the tough times, then and there and here and now, speaks to obedience. It speaks to spiritual self-discipline, a fruit of the Spirit. It also speaks to being something, part of something bigger than you, because you're going to draw strength from the transcendent giant God of the universe as you serve him and serve alongside his people. Which brings us to the second form of spiritual self-discipline. And what is that? That's in 2 Timothy 2.2. 2, and that is the discipline of passing the baton to the right people. Now here in church matters, in the pastoral epistles, Paul is talking to Timothy and also to Titus about how to set things in order in the church. How to keep the church going. Paul's in prison this time in 2 Timothy. He knows he's going to die. He says as much. Timothy probably has figured it out. And he's telling Timothy how to survive without him and how to hang on and hang in in the tough times. And that involves passing the baton to the right people. That involves investing in others and acting in concert with them. Where do we see this? We see this in verse 2. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and trust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. You know, we could preach a series just on that verse alone. We really could. But what he's saying here basically is you're not on your own. You're not a lone wolf. You're never to be a lone wolf. You're to be engaged with others. You're to be in touch with others. You're to act in concert with others. No, my, The old uh, pa- pastor and p- poet uh, John Donne said no man is an island unto himself he also is the one who said you know for whom does the bell toll the bell tolls for thee and wrapped up in that poem and wrapped up in this passage is the idea that it's not up to us it's up to obedience to God's will and God's word and that we are all temporary we all come with expiration dates and we are all just passing through As quick as we rise up on the stage of life and the platform of ministry, as sure as that happens, you can rest assured that one day we'll be gone. And if you, Timothy, or God's people, or this church here at Hillside, are to survive, are to hang in when times are tough, we have to depend upon, rely upon each other. You know, in June, we're going to have a memorial service here for a Marvin Francine. And Marvin Francine was in ministry longer than I've been alive, I think. And he ministered in one form or another in this church for 50 years. And he's gone now, home to his reward. He has run the race, he has kept the faith. And he is with his master And he passed that baton on to numbers of men over the years. What you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. There's another command. To invest. To invest in faithful men. To invest in people to help you carry the ball. To help you carry the burden forward, Timothy. To help you carry the burden forward, Keith. To help you carry the burden forward, Sharon. To help you carry the burden forward, Tyler. It's a command and it's in the active voice. You are to obey God, Timothy, by continuing the ministry and at the appropriate time and in the appropriate way Passing it off to others. Others with whom you have invested. Others whose lives you have touched. And trust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. I want you to look at that verse and just look for the plural nouns there. All right? A noun is a person, place, or thing. Plural means more than one. That which you have heard and seen from me, that which you have heard from me, in the presence of many witnesses... And trust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. What is Paul saying, modeling, and commanding here to Timothy then and there and to us here and now? Paul carefully chose and mentored and discipled Timothy. And together, his fellow soldiers in the army of Christ As co laborers, as brothers in arms, they faced insurmountable odds. And by God's grace, by the grace of Christ that strengthened them, they overcame hardship. They suffered hardship together and they suffered along with others. Even when when Paul is abandoned, as we read about in in 2 Timothy 1, Luke is still with him. And he tells Timothy to bring John Mark, because he's helpful to me in ministry. And as soon as you can, Timothy, you come here too. You see, ministry isn't done remotely. Ministry is done in person. Paul invested in the Ephesian elders. We read about them when they come to see him, when he says, you're never going to see my face again, it's one of the most tearful events in the Bible. They're weeping and he's weeping, but he's left that church into their care. But they have come to see him personally. He told Titus and Timothy to set things in order in creed and in Ephesus and to appoint elders in every city. Identifying people to whom they could pass the baton. And what we see here, implicitly and explicitly in the text, is it's not about me, and it's not about you, it's not about Timothy, it's not about Paul, it's about Christ, and the calling that he has put on their lives. And we are to, you know, we talk about be one, bring one, build one, this is all about building one. And when you help somebody train, and when you train somebody, you do so in person, and you, you celebrate their wins, and you celebrate, or you Commemorate their losses. You weep with those who weep. You rejoice with those who rejoice and you do it in person. These are the words that Timothy is also to entrust to faithful men. Everything that Paul is telling him there and you and I here and now. What does he say? What you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and trust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. We have to be interdependent in ministry. We can't work remotely forever because you know what? There's always going to be something else. Pandora's box has been opened, guys. So many people have uncritically accepted the status quo. You even see people driving in cars with their masks on. I've seen people at the beach with masks on. You've seen people walking outdoors in the fresh air with masks on. And you know what? We've never been given a standard for masks, have we? I mean, what kind of mask is the right mask? we heard all about the N95, but they're not even in circulation really right now, are they? How many of you have got one on now? Maybe one or two, three or four. What, you know, but we, you know, we have to think biblically. That requires a spiritual self-discipline. And that's why we have that command in Hebrews ten twenty four and 25. And let us consider how to stir one another up to love and to good works. Not, not neglecting to meet together as the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. I've heard two absolutely, absolutely magnificent sermons in the last 10 days. And, and I'm not talking about mine, okay? So. One was the State of the Church, given by John MacArthur on Wednesday. And another one was... A, was, a, was a, and it was what I would call a Reformation kind of sermon. I mean, to me, I was listening to him at 82, and it was a historic sermon. The second one, in my opinion, was just as historic. Given of all places on God's green earth, in Savannah, Georgia, my hometown, by a 40-something-year-old pastor with a very young congregation. I think their average age is about 30 or so. And you know what? They were magnificent because they spoke the same truths about being together in person and worshiping together and locking arms together. One was about the church. What is the church? That was this young guy and the other one was from this older man the state of the church but they both had the same thrust because they both served the same God and during this younger man's message he quotes an illustration that just bowled me over and I have to give credit where credit is due Terry said you got to listen to this sermon and I like listen to half of it or three quarters of it. I thought I listen to the whole thing And then she goes, did you get that illustration at the end? And I was like, no, I had to go back and listen to it again. And and I got it. And it was from a book written in 2004 or so, thereabouts, by Randy Alcorn. And it was about this businessman visiting house churches in China taking money to support them. And everything. you know, and It was tough because these churches were under intense persecution. And this one church had been harassed and harried by the security forces. And they were meeting in this house and the businessman's there with them. And he turns to the guy that's with him and I can't remember if it was his interpreter or just his contact there. And he goes, aren't you afraid of the security forces? And the guy goes, and I'm going to just kind of I'm not going to give you everybody's name or any of that kind of thing. The guy goes, no, no, uh, this is sister's, Sister Wu's house. They never come here. They would never set foot in here. He's like, well, uh, are you sure? He goes, oh, oh, yeah. Sister Wu has tuberculosis and the security forces would never, ever set foot in here. And he's like, okay, Well, you know, that's kind of, you know... Tuberculosis hangs in the air for 24 hours, you know. You know, and I guess the implication was... Has she been gone long enough for us to come in and be safe? He's like, oh no, she's right over there. And he goes, what if you get tuberculosis? All these people packed in here, you know... They pack into these little house churches like sardines. And he goes, well... He goes, you know, the communists... They believe in luck. Christians believe in providence and the sovereignty of God. And if we get tuberculosis, we'll serve him well with tuberculosis. And I was like, wow. Now that's all pre COVID. And so this guy didn't write this book and didn't share this illustration as a sort of a uh, polemic against sheltering in place. But I hope the lesson isn't lost on us because. We can't invest in each other if we're not together. You can't suffer together remotely. You can't encourage one another together remotely. You know, Christianity, to use the disease metaphor, is both taught and caught. Understanding is both learned and developed, you know, show, tell, do. And you can't do Christianity without people coming together to stimulate and love one another to good works. It comes through touch. Christianity, yes, is a religion of the ear, but then we bear witness, like our brothers and sisters who go to Communications Hill or to the plant or to the prune yard. We teach others to serve, to teach, to minister. What you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses... And trust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. And we teach by word and by deed. We cannot survive alone, sequestered, secluded, separated, and apart. We need to spread our faith like a virus. We need to encourage one another, to challenge one another to comfort and to console one another. And you can't do that when your Wi-Fi is fading in and out or you don't have a good cell tower cell signal. And just as Paul had to mentor, touch, talk to, demonstrate for, communicate with Timothy, we've got to do the same thing. That's how we build others. You can't build a building remotely. You can't strengthen a body, or train an athlete remotely. You can't be a hard-working farmer at a distance. You got to get dirty, you got to get sweaty, and you got to do it with people. You have to invest in God's kingdom and one another. And that's why we have these, you know, last week uh, Rick Maples talked about some of the things that started, some of the ministries that started during COVID. And that's why we have these Bible studies coming together in person. That's why our small groups are beginning to meet in person. Some have been. That's why foundry and women's Bible study meets in person. That's why we have people on Tuesday night even and many on remote meeting in person for men's Bible study. And that's how the Titus 2 thing works with younger women and older women. The older women pouring into the younger women. You can't do that remotely. I get it. And I'm not... I'm not haranguing you if you're not here today because we've come through a difficult time, but be careful because God is using the COVID-19 era to separate the sheep from the goats, the wheat from the tares. And if you're unwilling to invest in people, then you're unwilling to serve God. And if you... Dura, you know, I, I, some, I was listening to somebody talk, and this, I believe, was at another church, and somebody goes, I really don't need church anymore, I just watch it on TV. And then you have no understanding of Christianity, because you need church. You need, the church are the people of God, who know you, who love you, who care for you, or want to get to know you, and they can't get to know you, and they can't care for you adequately if you're not here I was listening to the Ali Bestucki podcast, and they had James Coates' wife on there, and she was talking about how she and her children—he's got an army of children—are without her husband. He's not home; he's in jail. But the elders, the faithful men to whom he's entrusted the care of the church to, the word of God to, so that they can teach others, are taking care of her. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and trust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. You know, it was Benjamin Franklin who said when they were they signed the Declaration of Independence, he said to his fellow signers, I love this statement. What did he say? We must indeed all hang together, or most assuredly we will all hang separately. That's the church of Jesus Christ. That's the church in China, North Korea, Cuba, Iran, Saudi Arabia, Venezuela, and that's the church here too. So let's hang in by hanging together. Let's overcome our fears, our inclinations to be passive. Let's rehearse and remember. Let's focus on the grace of God and what he's already done for us and what he promises to do for us yet still. Let's invest the discipline of investing, of passing the baton on to others, of discipling hearts and minds, of leading people to Christ. Let's take these two spiritual disciplines of rehearsing all the wonderful things that God has done. That's as you either share your testimony with other people or remind yourself of what you already know is true. And let's meet together so that we can train the next generation to advance the gospel beyond us. Just as Marvin Francine did, just as Paul did with Timothy, as Timothy did with others, and as other people who've led us to Christ over the years have done with us. So now what? What do you do with this? What can you do with this? as you are strengthened by the grace that is in Christ, and as you work to pass the baton over to the next generation, what will it look like? And that's an answer that I can't give you immediately. And why is that? Because each and every one of you are as different as your fingerprints are from one another's. And God has given you different gifts and abilities to use in His kingdom to use to encourage one another, to stimulate one another to love and to good works. It's Communion Sunday and it's a time of reflection and a time of thanksgiving. It's a time to rehearse the wonderful things that God has done for us in Christ, to be strengthened by the graces of Christ and to determine how far we're willing to go today to pass the baton on, to entrust what we have learned from others, what we have learned from our You know, we stand on the shoulders of giants onto faithful people who will carry the ball forward as we all here and now today seek to play offense for the kingdom of God. And so that's up to you what you do with this. But you know what? God has entrusted this treasure to you and this treasure is on loan for a season. Don't bury it in the sand. Invest it. Everywhere you can. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, who is sufficient for these things? You are. You are, God. And you have raised us up for such a time as this. And you have placed us in this place, in this era, Lord. Let us remember what you have done for us. Let us prepare our hearts, Father, for the Lord's Supper. And let us recommit ourselves to the assembling of ourselves together to entrusting what we have heard and received from those who came before us to others who will be faithful to invest our energies, our presence in your kingdom. We pray these things, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: And you can also find links to Pastor Keith's blog, as well as the Out of My Mind podcast. The website is also a great place to connect with us here at Hillside. You can find information on our service times, ministry opportunities, and of course you can browse our calendar of upcoming events. Again, all this and much, much more can be found by visiting our website, hillsidechurch.org. Well, we hope that you'll join us again next time on Grace to Live.